If you're tired of dieting and stepping on the scale, you're lacking energy and confidence, and you're ready to harness your inner athlete, then you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shaban, and in each episode, I'll help you to rebuild your fitness identity and empower your deepest transformation so that health and fitness are not just what you do, but who you are. What's up, athletes? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to deep dive into some common misconceptions and misunderstandings around what it means to be an intuitive eater and what it means to be comfortable at every size. Today, I am joined by Lisa Dahl, an intuitive eating and body image health coach who's dedicated her life to helping others break free from the diet mentality and find true acceptance and well-being. We've been lied to by the diet industry, and they've led us to believe that our self-worth is determined by the number on the scale. We've been conditioned to think that smaller bodies are better, happier, and healthier bodies. But this dangerous misconception has caused immense harm to our mental and physical well-being. Lisa points out that the scale is not a measure of our self-worth or our health. It's simply a tool that's been used to perpetuate the diet culture and keep us disconnected from our bodies. In fact, she encourages her clients to consider getting rid of the scale altogether. She believes that as long as we are attached to that number, we're gonna remain disconnected from our mind and body. And intuitive eating is about reconnecting with the body's natural hunger and fullness cues. And the scale only serves to disrupt that. It takes time to learn the language of our body and understand what it needs. And it's a process of experimentation and self-discovery, but the rewards are immeasurable. As we continue to spread awareness and challenge the diet culture, together we can create a future where body acceptance and intuitive eating are the norm. So let's embark on this journey together, support one another and uplift each other as we navigate this path to intuitive eating and acceptance at every size. All right, athletes, now here are your key takeaways that you're going to pick up from this episode. Number one, intuitive eating is a practice, not a diet, that involves listening to your body's hunger and fullness cues. Number two, the number on the scale does not determine your self-worth or your health. Number three, food is the messenger of unmet needs, and emotional eating can be a sign of underlying issues that need to be addressed. Number four, health at every size means focusing on actions and behaviors that support well-being rather than striving for a specific body size or weight. And number five, health is a multifaceted concept that involves physical, mental, emotional, and social well-being. All right, athletes, now we're just about to get into it, but just a super quick reminder, if you haven't done so already and you are an iPhone user, I want you to head on over to the App Store and download the HitDex app and give it a try. Now, remember that in under six minutes, you can transform your health and body to become who you are meant to be. All right, now let's meet Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited too. And I'm excited to have this conversation. We connected a couple of weeks ago and you are an intuitive eating and body image health coach, which so aligns with everything I teach on this podcast and in all my programs. And what's so exciting about this concept is I think today we've agreed that we're going to deep dive into some common misconceptions and more importantly, misunderstandings around what it means to be an intuitive eater. 
and what it means to be comfortable at every size because I believe that's a beautiful thing and that's definitely something where we finally need to be after all of these years of demonizing food and demonizing body image in general. But I think this important conversation must be had today because there's also this sort of sway towards unhealth and maybe promoting unhealth. And we just have to find that there's this fine line between the two, in my opinion. And I'm super curious to hear also about your opinion. And maybe today we can discuss that a little bit in detail and help anybody who's feeling confused because Lisa, you know, the diet culture has made everyone so confused. It is. There's so much information, misinformation. And many of us don't even know the difference between the two. And when you hear something often enough, you believe it to be true, even if you don't know where you originally heard it from. And because the diet industry is so wealthy and they have the ability to pump information at us relentlessly, we believe that their information is true because that's what we are seeing. And then there is this small subset that's starting to really speak louder and say, well, wait a second, that isn't really true. And there's scientific information to support the misinformation that is being out there. Right. And that's the danger, I think. And before we get into that, first of all, maybe I'll have you introduce yourself and then share a little bit as to why this work is so important to you and why you have chosen this to be your life's purpose. So first of all, I am Lisa Dahl from Lisa Dahl Wellness, and I am a health and I am an intuitive eating, mindful eating, body image health coach. And what that really means is that I support my clients in a non-diet, no rule approach to wellness. So I support them in helping them find awareness, create a vision of their best self, and then we focus on actions and behaviors to having them meet their goals of feeling well. So I have this fancy title. I have all this stuff. And all it really means is that I take that non-diet approach to health and wellness. So I am the person who you do not have to starve and eat that last supper before you meet with me on Monday morning. No judgment, all compassion. Why I do what I do is because if you are listening to the show, I'm guessing that I was probably you at some point. And if somebody told me six years ago that I would be the person supporting you to not diet, I would have absolutely said, not a chance, not me, because I had been dieting since I am 12, 13 years old. That is all I knew. And when I shifted careers seven years ago, I thought, oh, oh give me some education. I'm going to be the best weight loss, weight loss coach out there. And when I started to work with my clients and started to feel the stress of the share your progress day, get on a scale, tell me how much you weighed, we would be having a great conversation talking about how much they, how well they felt, the, you know, what they were accomplishing, how empowered they felt. And then they would get on the scale and they would feel disempowered and feel that they are, you know, disappointing themselves, disappointing me. And I started to look at my own behavior. And when I was in my sweet spot, I would weigh myself multiple times a day to make sure that I did not, you know, gain an ounce. And if I did gain weight, then I wouldn't eat well or eat much over a period of a few weeks so that I can make sure that I got back into that sweet spot. But there was a whole lot of mind drama and torture going on in between all of this, as well as self-worth and confidence. 
when, because of my desire to support my clients and always be learning and growing, I came across a community and a book called Health at Every Size. And it shattered everything that I knew to be true about bodies. Smaller bodies are not better, happier, or healthier bodies. And from there, I learned about the practice of intuitive eating, which is a practice and not a diet, and how all of my food rules, all these things that I took such great pride in, and that people would tell me how great it is and how wonderful it is, and I have so much self-control and I have so much willpower, kept me really stuck and uncomfortable and were really disordered eating patterns and not serving me well. And health at every size, intuitive eating really shifted my life personally and professionally. It changed everything, how I show up for myself. And most importantly, you know, in addition, how I support my clients. Wow. That is so, so powerful. And I'm, I'm so relieved for you. I, as you're just sharing your story, I just, I feel the sense of overwhelm releasing from you as soon as you said, and then I found intuitive eating and also realizing that pressure that you were under because you are this professional, everybody's looking up to you for advice. And you almost had this self-inflicted discipline on yourself going against your own integrity around how you're feeling about certain things around your health. And yet you're still feeling obligated to follow through because again, you're, you're that person, that pillar that everybody is, is looking up to. And it's so interesting because as you say the word weight or the word scale, it's just, why has that become almost the groundwork for our measurement of what our progress is? And I've noticed this in, in so many people who are weighing themselves multiple times a day and not really coming down to the basic facts. I mean, if we were to count calories, I know neither of us do that, but the basic facts of let's say approximately 3,500 calories is one pound. And so if I've weighed myself multiple times a day and I see my, my weight going up and down a couple pounds, how can it logically be that I've consumed 3,500 calories or released 3,500 calories within such a short time frame for that to be impactful and even reasonable and logical? And yet this thing, Lisa, dictates our life. It basically decides for us, doesn't it? It puts us in that state of reaction of I'm going to eat this or I'm going to stop eating that or I'm being good or I'm being bad, correct? Yes. When you put it that way, it just sounds mind-boggling insane. It's insanity. And, you know, how many times have, you, you know, from my own experience and my clients, it's like you wake up in the morning and you make sure you pee, you make sure you go to the bathroom, you make sure that you're stripped down, then you hold your breath and then you step on the scale and you could have been in a perfectly great, excited, happy mood. And if it is one ounce higher than your expectation, your whole mental and emotional health goes right down the drain. The power of the scale, this thing is insane. And when we understand, when we can shift our thoughts to go to that, this is not the thing of judgment, that the number on that scale does not determine our self-worth, that's when the magic happens. And one of the first things that I offer to my clients to consider to think about getting rid of the scale. Because as long as you are attached to that number on the scale, it keeps you disconnected from your mind and your body. Because as dieters, we take great pride in saying, oh, I'm not hungry. I don't need to eat breakfast. Oh, I always skip lunch. 
And we have all these stories because we are so disconnected. And then we wonder why at nine o'clock at night, we're eating out of the refrigerator and we're starving. And you can only reprive and restrict, deprive and restrict for so long before your body says, you know, like, hey, this isn't going to work anymore. And my biological hunger is going to kick in and it's going to be mean and it's going to be fierce. And you are going to feel like you are out of control. Take that out of control and flip the story. Think about it that it is the diet that keeps you out of control, not breaking the diet because when you no longer diet, you build the self-efficacy, the self-confidence that you can be the expert on you. You can honor your hunger. You can feel your fullness. You can decide what creates satisfaction and you no longer need these unrealistic guidelines that there's no way that they can fit our entire population. You learn to understand what's best for your body, your here and now body. And that's where you get your freedom, not the chaos. So good. So, so good. And you know, I find it to be very, very scary for most people to actually grasp this concept because you're saying stop being so controlling and restricting if you really want to stop the out of control behavior, right? And I absolutely agree. This is exactly where it has to start. And we don't understand that what we're doing by restricting more and more and more and making certain things good and certain things bad, what we're actually doing is creating a deeper desire for that thing that we are deeming bad. And so if we want to break that control, we actually have to allow ourselves to eat that thing, make that of equal value to us as an avocado or broccoli or anything else that we eat that we've decided is good or healthy for us, correct? Right. And so what's so interesting is the moment that we do release that scale, there is that almost that feeling of chaos because if I don't know where I am, I'm just going to put on all this weight, I'm going to eat all the donuts and I'm going to be completely out of control. But really what it does is it's, it creates that level of freedom. And that level of freedom also comes with just being okay with yourself and just accepting yourself as you are where you are in order for you to begin that work. And you know, you hit on a couple of interesting points is that when you do stop the dieting, there is a period of time where you may feel out of control. And when you have permission to eat, it starts to shift everything and it takes time to settle it, to settle in. You know, you might be dieting, listening to this, you might have been dieting for 30, 40 years, all of a sudden giving yourself permission to eat. It's kind of known as like the honeymoon phase. Just because you've given yourself permission to eat doesn't mean that you have made the connection between your mind and your body. So when we're talking about the practice of intuitive eating, you don't just wake up in the morning and feel like I am a competent intuitive eater. A competent intuitive eater is not a perfect intuitive eater. So it doesn't, it's not a game of perfection. It is a game of, it's not even a game. I mean, it is experimentation. It is living in the moment, it is being aware of your thoughts. It is being connected to your body. It is understanding that when we're children and we're taught to learn a second language, we spend, you know, days, months, years, going to that class, learning the language, learning the nuances. We don't spend that kind of time in our relationship with our body. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn the language of our body. I refer to that as body speak. So it takes time to learn and understand how to break the rules and create practices that serve you. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you know, do this and you're going to be magically 
an intuitive eater. And it's really important to point out because intuitive eating, that language has been co-opted by so much of the diet industry. So here's just kind of, you know, information is that if you are working with somebody or following a plan and they refer to intuitive eating and you are weighing your weighing or measuring your food, balancing or count, you know, balancing out macros, weighing your body, that is not intuitive eating. That is language that is co-opted to step on the next big thing out there, except that intuitive eating isn't new. We are all born intuitive eaters. So if anybody listening has had a child or been a caregiver and you're feeding a baby and the baby will start to suck on their fingers or smack their lips. And if they're, if you're not clued in, they'll start to cry. And that's their way of saying like, they don't know anything else other than to let their needs be known that they're hungry. And you will either nurse or bottle feed. And when the baby is content, they will shut their mouth. They'll turn their head away. That baby intuitively knows that he or she is full. What we want to do is go back to learn those nuances in our body that tell us when we are hungry and full. And that baby knows satisfaction. That baby is being, you know, perhaps snuggled or held or in a loving space. So their emotions are being met. Their hunger and fullness cues are being met and they are satisfied. How do we recreate satisfaction with our meals? Because when we're satisfied, we don't need to eat anymore. So good. I love that. And I love that you bring that in there because it is so correct and a reminder for all of us to become aware of that it has always been there. Us being able to intuitively recognize our hunger signals and our satiety signals has always been there. And once we've introduced diet culture, that's where the signal got blocked and interrupted. And once we started following certain plans where it told us we were supposed to eat exactly this much every single day with exact amounts, again, we've overridden that signal. And I'm a mom too. I have two kids and some days they ate more than other days. And now that I am intuitively eating, I notice this in myself too. Some days I'm, my God, I can't stop eating. And then it makes sense because I've been more active and I've been on the computer and I've been walking around and that's just what my body needs. And other days I eat less but it's not the structure. So if you are following a structure and forcing yourself, and I think the word here has to be force because force is going against integrity, which is already that signal that we are being given, that the body is giving us to react and to use in some way. But if we're forcing ourselves against that signal, that's where we're starting to override that mechanism. And this is what we have to look out for. And I think the work first has to start with getting into that place of peacefulness around food, getting comfortable around food, getting comfortable around our bodies, loving ourselves through this before we start to take action. Otherwise, everything else becomes another structure and another diet. And to your point, anyone can tell us this is intuitive eating. Eat just this in the morning and weigh it out. And that's intuitive eating. And you'll intuitively eat your way through a dozen donuts. And that's intuitively eating. And this, this is a crime. And I see this on social media. And I think we spoke about this last time. I'm seeing all these reels 
all these intuitive eating experts dancing around and, and eating donuts and telling everyone this is what intuitive eating is all about. No, that's not what intuitive eating is all about. If you eat too many donuts, fact, you will create dis-ease in the body because the body doesn't love to eat that much of that stuff. You can't force yourself to have something, again, that is not within that integrity and expect it to be intuitive. How many, you know, if you eat one donut, right. how do you feel? Right. If you eat two, three, three, four donuts, how do you feel? If you go on a binge and you have a dozen donuts, how do you feel? And the question is, you know, what do you need? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What does your body need? And when you start to be able to ask yourself those questions, how do you want to feel? You know, one donut, you might, you probably feel fine. Nobody's going to die from a donut. Right. Yes. How do you feel? when you go on that binge, because the food is simply the messenger. It's the messenger of an unmet need. And I was talking with a new client yesterday and she is struggling with, uh, you know, her relationship to food. And she shared some of her, you know, past information and just, you know, some separation, some loss, just challenging relationships. And when we were talking, I said, have you ever heard the term heart hunger? Like she has a broken heart. And food is the quick fix for a broken heart. It's the temporary thing that's going to give you momentary relief. And then it's all going to come back and your heart still hurts. Her heart is what needs to be healed, not her relationship with food. Food, again, is the messenger. Social nourishment. I have another client who spends an exorbitant amount of time of time alone, and she suffers with a lot of pain. And she's lonely. If she had connection, I truly believe that a lot of the things that she suffers with would start to dissipate. Food is the messenger. It's, and we have been taught like, you know, here's a lollipop. Let me make you better. How do we create other tools in the toolbox? And sometimes it is out of our comfort zone to create an interaction, to understand, to peel away what is that painful thing that you're trying to heal? How do you put those pieces back together? And it takes time, patience, practice, and self-compassion. So, so good. Right. What I'm hearing you say really is that food or any other addictive behavior, because we have that same tendency with shopping, with drugs, with other things that don't serve us. But that behavior is a symptom of the root cause. And our issue, oh, right? For sure. We've been just putting band-aids on this. And that's what diet industry has done. Like, all right, you're messed up. Oh yeah, you got you got trauma in your past. All right, well, here we go. Let, let's go ahead and add another layer to that where we're going to create more restriction. We're going to make you feel like it's you. You're lacking discipline. You just don't know how to follow the plan. Like what's wrong with you? Self-sabotaging. You're not motivated. You don't want it badly enough. And really the root cause is that we need to heal something. There's something in us that we need to heal first. Like, and I love that you said heart. And that's really where it has to start. Once we understand that this is the root cause. And if I work on this, then the whole food thing is not going to be something that I reach out for when I need Everything to is interconnected. It is if you shift one thing, one shift, one thing to the left, it's going to shift everything else that goes with it. And our health and wellness is made up of so many different components, our mental, emotional, physical, occupation, spirituality, social nourishment, all of those things are interconnected. 
And when one is hurting, it has an impact. So when somebody, when I work with a client, they say, well, I can't sleep, but it's three in the morning. Most often, unless there's an actual physical ailment, it's not what's wrong at 3 a.m. It's what's happening between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Okay. Where is your stress? How are you, you know, have you taken a minute to process whatever is going on? How do you manage and decompress from all of those things? Because the problem is not that you can't sleep. It's that you haven't taken the time to just be. Wow. I love you. You're, you're so good, Lisa. Everything you're saying is so, so good. So spot on. And this conversation is just, just fire. And I hope anyone who's listening really just resonates and aligns with it. And I think, I think always for me, the greatest, the greatest gift and the message that I want to share as we are recording together. And as I have these conversations with amazing badasses like you is really to let people know there's nothing wrong with you. There really is nothing wrong with you. You've just have been overstimulated with wrong information that has made you feel like you are lacking something. And we actually have everything we need right now in order to take that first action. And so along those lines, I think even just discussing some some misconceptions, I want to dive into a little bit around just accepting, I think, size at, or what did you say? Health at every health size. At every, this is health this at every size. Important. Can you expand on that a little bit? What does it mean, health at every size? It is a great question. And it is something that is becoming more and more talked about. We are taught that in order to be healthy, we have to be X size within the BMI, which is BS to begin with. And that measures our health. Mm -hmm. BMI is ridiculous. It does not tell you your self-worth and it doesn't tell you that you are healthy. If you are taking actions and behaviors that are supporting a well-being, you can be X pounds and still be in a healthy body. And then there's people who are unwell, who can still be healthy. You can have an illness and how you work with your illness, you can still have a healthy mind and a vibrant life that we are not pegged into this perfect thing. So often if you are in a larger or a fat body, you go to the doctor's office and you say, you know, I have joint pain and they'll tell you, well, you need to lose weight. How would they treat a person in a straight size or a smaller size body? Because we know that smaller bodies still have joint pain. Right. Joint pain is not just about you in a larger body. How do we create that acceptance? What does your blood work look like? Not the number on the scale. How are you sleeping? What is your energy? What kind of relationships are you having? Breaking down the paradigm that you are not just a height and weight chart number to tell you that you are acceptable or unacceptable is insane. We are taught that that is our measure of self-worth and success. And it's not true. When you start to look and read and see other information and be willing to have a growth mindset that you can accept different information than what you already know, that's where your power comes in from. Yeah. And it's interesting because I find that it is so skewed. You go to a doctor, like you said, and you present yourself with symptoms X, Y, and Z. And the reason is always because you're overweight, but you could have the exact same symptoms and be a quote unquote normal BMI, which is just a ratio of your body weight and your height. 
and you could have that normal BMI and the issue will not be your body weight. In fact, he's going to be confused. He's not going to know what the root causes. And so, and, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh. And, you know, BMI, they just shift those numbers and all of a sudden a whole bunch of other people are now considered right. obese that weren't considered obese the day before. So I go ahead with your thought. I interrupted you. No, you're good. I think we're both super excited to talk about the same thing. And, and it's incredibly frustrating for me because I don't even think that we understand what health means. And I had this this aha moment some weeks ago, and I was just reading a lot and, and putting together a lot of my notes. I'm preparing for a retreat I'm offering this November in Costa Rica. And I was like, well, what is health really? Because health Health is not like fitness. Fitness and health are, are two completely different things. Fitness is more like a measure of your performance and what you can do. Whereas health, I mean, how can we be in good health if let's say all of our blood tests are coming back okay and there's no, nothing wrong with it? But health is different for every human being. Yes. What I view as health and what you view as health could be very different things. Where do you live in the world? What do you have access to? What is your lifestyle? What is your finances? What are your economics? What is your food security or insecurity? How do you be? We all have the choice to be as healthy as we, as our bodies will allow us to be. Mm -hmm. So going back to what I said before is that if you have an underlying illness, let's say that you have cancer, you can still be healthy yes. with that underlying disease. Right. How do you be as healthy as you can be? within that scope of what your body is doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're talking about health at every size, we are talking about what is best for your body. And it's not judging it based on its size. It is judging it based on the actions and the behaviors and that you get to choose how you want to show up and the healthiest that you want to be. And you can be just as healthy in a larger body. Agreed 100%. And, and I think it has to come down with... I think, and, and just the definition of health is not necessarily, it's not a number. It is not a, a, a value. It's not something that we assign to anything, but instead it is a relationship balance that we have between the relationship with our body, the rela relationship with others and the relationship with ourselves. Because if we have a healthy relationship with our body at every size, accepting ourselves as where we are, what we would do for ourselves would look a lot different than if we were punishing ourselves with restricting our food intake or forcing ourselves to exercise. And if we are healthy on paper because our blood tests came up, came back great, I exercise, I well, well, but I have poor relationships. Well, that's going to create a lot of mental issues for me and I'm going to be suffering in a different way. And if I don't have a positive relationship with myself, my consciousness, my spirituality, and even just my unconscious mind, understanding my programming, understanding what drives me and how I view this world. Again, if there's no balance between those three fundamentals, I think that's where we can become unhealthy. And so it's not a variable, it's not a measure, but it's our relationship, our interaction that's constantly in flow and in movement and constantly needing work that we need to maybe shift our focus on in order to understand what it means to come to good health. And health and wellness is a moving target. Yes. You and I talking could be in quote unquote, you know, individuals are, you know, idea of perfect health, whatever that looks like. I could walk out of where we are and I can walk down the steps and break my ankle. All of a sudden, my whole vision of health is very different than it was 30 seconds ago. I mean, I host a TV show called Getting Healthy Without Rules, which is about a non-diet, no-rule approach 
and that health and wellness is a moving target. How do we make the best choice with the information that we have right now? And I strongly support that we need to be present, flexible, and resilient. How do we bring in self-compassion of wherever we are? Because beating ourselves into submission hasn't worked. Imagine if you flip the coin and you start with acceptance and curiosity, how far you could actually come because we, you know, self-kindness has been belittled. Oh, you know, you're never going to do anything if you're too soft on yourself. Misconception, misnomer, rhetoric, self-compassion and taking actions that make you feel good is a gift that's going to help you change. So good. So we're, we're comfortably having this conversation now, Lisa, we we've through our experience, through our own struggles, through working with our clients and through just suffering ourselves through this exact topic that we're talking about for a person who's listening and saying, yeah, so easy for you to ditch the scale. So easy for you to be an intuitive eater. You don't know what I'm going through. It's been my whole life since I was a kid. I've always struggled with my weight. I've always struggled with my body image. I was teased when I was a kid. For a person who's listening, who's not feeling like this is possible for them, that they can get into a place where they can intuitively connect with the signals that the body's constantly giving, what would you say is the best way to get started? Well, first of all, I hear you and see you, whoever you are and that you are absolutely not alone. And I may not be you, but I have been parts of you. And the first step that I, you know, there is no best first step. It is about understanding where you are. And when I work with my clients, I meet them where they are. So your first step may be very different than somebody else's first step. In general, I think it really begins with being willing to have an open growth mindset to accept that there is another path than the one that you are presently on if it is not working for you. So good. You made me so emotional because we are all so connected. And I believe that there was a reason why we met and there's a reason why we're having this conversation. And this work is so incredibly important because I have seen, and I know you have too, not only your own suffering, but the suffering of so many people, amazing people who have the most epic life and they cannot accept and honor that life because the diet culture has trapped them into believing that their self-worth is that number on the scale or the way they look or what they can fit in. And, you know, we see snapshots of people's lives, like, we, you know, social media, magazine cover, all these things are just somebody's best highlight of that moment in time. We don't know what's behind somebody's thoughts. We don't know what's going on in somebody's eyes. When we, you know, years ago, before I shifted careers in my focus on that non-weight loss journey, I would see somebody's before and after picture and I'd be the first one cheering them on because I thought that was so important. Now I know sadly that that before picture and the after picture that the before picture is going to be the after after picture because it is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's just so important to understand that when you make changes, you want to make changes that are sustainable. Asking yourself, can I do this for the rest of my life? Can I restrict ice cream for the rest of my life? Is that what you want to do? I know I did it for years and you know what? I love my ice cream. I am so happy to have it. And I know that for me, just having a spoonful or two every day is enough. 
I mean, do I want to go out and have an ice cream cone occasionally? Absolutely. Because it makes me happy and it's social and it's fun with either my partner or my children. For years, I would never, ever order my own ice cream cone. Like that would, that was like forbidden. Like the sirens would go off in my head. I would have so much drama standing in line that I would end up just going through, oh, can I have a taste of that? Can I have a taste of that? Oh, you know what? I decided I don't want any. I don't miss that person. I don't miss that at all. It's, you know, really takes time. And we don't know, you know, there's so many things that we know that we don't know. Being open to the fact that there's a world of things that we don't even know that we don't know. So good. I love that. I love this conversation so much, Lisa. And I love your energy and your passion and excitement to help people. And I know, I know you're doing exactly what you're meant to in this lifetime. So before we sign off today, is there anything else that you wanted to share that you haven't had a chance to yet? I just think it's really important to understand that wherever you are, it is okay. And that you are not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You need to be ready to have a conversation, find support and build the self-efficacy and the confidence that you can do whatever it is you want to do and that it is not a race and everything just takes time, that nobody is perfect. We all have imperfectly perfect bodies. Preach, sister. Yes, Lisa. All right. What a beautiful finish to that. And so if somebody wanted to reach out then to learn more about you or to connect with you, where can they go to do that? You can go to my website, Lisa Dahl, D-A-H-L, wellness.com. You can find me on YouTube. I host a TV show, as I mentioned earlier, Getting Healthy Without Rules. So you can find that on YouTube, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and go to my events page. I offer free monthly office hours and free monthly curated conversations, which are all about trying to create that community, that connection, come with your questions, be willing to just show up. If you don't have questions, I always have something to talk about. And it's a first step to being able to find acceptance and to be able to shift what's not working in your life. Amazing, Lisa. Thank you so much. And Thank you again for this amazing, impactful, super enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's just, I love talking about it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fall in Love with Fitness. Whether you're already on your fitness journey or just getting started, we're in this together. Just head on over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review and you'll be entered into the drawing to win my six week transformation course. Then go to fallinlovewithfitness.com and get your free gift from me so you get back your energy and reinvigorate your life. Join me on the next episode and remember, you are an inspiration.